Welcome to the Exchange Church Podcast. You can find us on Facebook as well as Twitter and Instagram at Exchange Houston. The following is a message from one of our pastors, Ruben Vasquez. Well, good morning. Now, some of y'all seem a little sleepy, and so I know they got the whole tryptophan thing with turkey and all the other stuff, so obviously we can see, I said tryptophan, and Cody's face was just like, oh, we're in chemistry. That quick, that was amazing. Uh, I don't know, that kind of makes people sleepy, uh, but I didn't realize some of us ate that much turkey. How many, how many of you are like, no, I might have eaten that much? Anybody going to claim that? Okay, we got a few. Okay, good, 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 good. I, I, we are one of those families that does not do turkey uh, because I just don't like it. I know. Just like, I just said like the most anti-American thing to start off my message. I'm so sorry. Uh, but that kind of, I mean, when you look at that, you get those ones who look and you're like, oh my gosh, he's such a loser. And it's like, yeah, 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 I'm one of, one of those. Uh, okay, now here's a question that I don't expect a whole lot of hands um, just Jose's. Uh, how many of you consider yourself a loser? I raised mine. I raised mine. I raised mine. See, look, there, go, there goes a few, okay? Now, let me kind of go with why I feel that way about myself, and that is because I know that I am a nerd, and when I say nerd, I'm not like the book, the book smart nerd, because that did not work at all. I so cheated all through high school. Uh, <laughs> Ruben's on a roll. Uh, but my whole thing was I am into the nerdy things, okay? Not going to lie. Superheroes, comic books. I am a 32-year-old male that still goes to the comic book store. Not only that, last time I went, uh, I walked in, and a guy was there uh, wearing a Chicago Bears shirt, and some guy like, oh, there he is, repping Chicago again. He's like, that's right, go Bears, great team. And I'm like, dude, you've only won like two, three games, you know. And uh, the other guy, of course, is like, yeah, Texans are going to playoffs, you know. Wow. I guess Dallas is here today. <laughs> See, there it is. And so uh, he comes up and he's like, well, what team are you for? And he's like, listen, one, you'll know that I'm a hardcore fan, but you're also going to know I'm a loser all in the same point. And they go, what? And I'm like, San Francisco 49ers. And he was like, ooh, yeah. We've won one. One. Yes. We're going to have the first draft choice in one of the worst draft classes that's been in out in a while that has no quarterbacks. That's great. Well, then this happens. And this is when you're like, okay, how is this happening? I'm in a comic book store. Listen, you're not expecting like the coolest people in a comic book store. Okay. I know this. I know this. When I've walked in before and there is a card tournament of My Little Ponies and there's 12 males and one female, you're going... You know what? I might be the coolest person in this room. I've never once thought that, but right now I feel like the odds are really high. Because I'm not, I'm not playing, I'm not interested in playing. They said, what? And the guy goes, hey, what about your quarterback? Mr. Uh, what's his name? Colin, Colin something? And I'm like, Kaepernick. Yeah, what's up with him kneeling at the national anthem? I don't know. I'm just a fan. I'm one of the many losers. 
I want him gone too. And they're like, yeah, that's just, and he gets all fired up. And then somehow in me trying to check out and leave, a Trump versus Hillary debate breaks out. (laughs) Because it went from comics to teams to Kaepernick to country to, ah, this one. And I'm like, y'all need to go back and listen to this awesome series. Uh, It's on on podcast. Uh, I'm leaving. And just blew up. I'm like, yeah, what a bunch of bunch of losers we all are. <laughs> Literally debating in a comic book store about Trump and Hillary after the election, like as though something we say is going to change something. <laughs> you know what? I got a great point. Redo the election. You know, like it's not going to work. But here's the thing is, not only do I feel that way, but I actually feel like there's a bunch of people in the Bible that are losers as well. And when I kind of bring these people up, you're going to be like, whoa, how, how are these people a bunch, a bunch of losers, which is the title of today's message, Bunch of Losers. Uh, we're going to go into Hebrews chapter 11. So if you have your phone, app, physical Bible, if you want to go ahead and start making your way there, we're going to be looking at the Hall of Fame of Faith found in Hebrews chapter 11, okay? So we're going to go to one of the very last, uh, instead of reading the whole thing, I just encourage you guys to read it. It's over 40 verses. I didn't feel like you wanted me to stumble through all that because I'm not the greatest reader in the whole wide world. So some homework, go back and read it. It'll be great. We're going to kind of go over it and recap, so it's going to be fine if you don't. But ending the chapter is this, Hebrews 11 39 through 40, it says, These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised, since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Lord Jesus, I just pray right now that you do not allow me to say one more word, but it's only your Holy Spirit speaking through me. God, I give you that permission right now because it's about lifting you up like we sang here a minute ago. Those weren't lies. Those weren't just lyrics. That was our heart. And I pray right now that people in this church would realize that you love them and that you want to use them, that you want to be a part of their life and for them to do something great. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, uh, okay, so why in the world would I think the Hall of Fame of Faith is just a bunch of losers. They've made it to a Hall of Fame. You're not a loser if you made it to the Hall of Fame. That means you have a history of winning. Yet, I'm not talking about their spiritual wins. I'm talking about the people themselves. If you want to kind of go with it, yes, you can make fun of the fact that I am nerdy. And then, yes, I'm into comic books and Star Trek and all that other stuff, okay? But let's go with this. Someone else who's got a history of winning is a lady by the name of Ronda Rousey, who could probably beat up almost all the males. I'm going to go with it. She can beat up all the males in this room, okay? Me included. I'd be the first to go because I would be the first out that door because it's not going to happen. What's just funny is I say that and our two MMA guys are like, you know, I I mean, I may have a chance. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like her, she has this track record of winning. She's considered one of the greatest fighters that they've got, yet she's a nerd. She has played every single Pokemon game and has actually caught them all. Just throwing that little tidbit before y'all judge me and my nerdiness too much. Just going to quick, quick defense of myself. But these people, yeah, they have a good track record, but let's kind of go through 
these guys, and let's try to figure out together what makes them special. Why would God take these, what I would consider a bunch of losers, and say, no, this is the Hall of Fame of Faith. So one of the first names that gets brought up is Abel. Abel was one of the children of Adam and Eve. I was considered, you know, he's, he's okay. I'm going to go with him. He's, he's okay. You know, he made a sacrifice to God, and his brother made a sacrifice, but he sacrificed a bunch of vegetables, and he sacrificed the sheep, and God said, you know what, I like, I like that sacrifice better, and that's why he made it to the Hall of Fame of Faith, which, to be honest, let's just, be, you know, being honest with each other, that just makes sense, because who really wants veggies? Just saying. I know we just got back from Thanksgiving, but the main event is not the veggie casserole, okay? It is the turkey or the stuffing or something of that nature, okay? Then we have Enoch. Enoch was pretty good. We don't really know a whole lot about him other than the fact that he served God so well that God took him up in heaven. So we're going to kind of give these guys a pass. But then it gets fun. Noah, he built the boat of every animal. Then you hear all the jokes. Why didn't he swat the mosquitoes? Right? Built the boat. Lived by faith. Took him hundreds of years to build the boat. That's a long time to live by faith. So yeah, that's probably why he made it. But! That's what we like to leave out of the story. Which, by the way, if you ever watch the movie Noah, don't. It, you can just understand that it's not like what the Bible says. At all. At all. <laughs> it's just Throwing it out there. Just watch it for the, oh, that was interesting, but totally inaccurate. Okay? It's fine. So, but with him, he, you know, the boat, you know, the water goes down, and he gets out, and he's doing his thing, and his daughters kind of start to freak out about having to repopulate the world. And so what they do with him is they get him drunk and sleep with dad-in-law. That's just weird. We'll move on. <laughs> Boy, it's going to get real awkward. Because when you're like just bashing the Hall of Fame of Faith, there's a point to it. Just give me a minute. So now let's go down to uh, Abraham. Abraham was next on this list. If you, keep, if you continue to read Hebrews 11, they actually go on him for a while. He's kind of considered the, the, almost the father, the king, or the guy who had the greatest faith. This is a gentleman that was living in one country. God says, hey, you're going to drop everything. His dad was just loaded rich and said, you're going to drop everything and you're going to go move to this promised land and I'm going to make your kids as, as numerous as the stars in the sky. And so he does it, just no questions asked. This is a guy that when he does have a son, uh, God says, sacrifice him and he goes to go do it. And then God stops him, which before everyone thinks jerk move, uh, one of the things that I found out is that total side note, but one of the things I found out was that in Abraham's original country, that was a common practice, was to sacrifice your children. So in his mind, uh, you know, even though he's serving the one true God, it's, it's kind of like how we all know the day after Thanksgiving is the craziest shopping day of the world. There's no, there's no rule that says that, but it's just common. It's just kind of known knowledge. So for him, it would be like this common practice that happened. So he's going, okay, well, I'm just going to serve God or my God the way that these other guys serve their God, even though they're not the one true God. So I'm going to go ahead and do it. So before anyone goes, oh my gosh, why would he do that? And even then, it even says that uh, he goes, well, even, even if I do, he even tells the servant, don't worry, we're, we're both coming back. Because his mindset 
And you can read this in Hebrews 11. His mindset was even if he did kill Isaac, that God was going to bring him back to life. So cool. So how is he a loser? Well, it's because he's a liar. Twice, as he's traveling, okay, twice, as he is traveling to the promised land, kings would stop and, and see his wife and go, nice. She's pretty. Kind of like what people say about my wife all the time. I mean that. That wasn't a joke. She's not in here? Ah! Someone tell her to listen to podcasts. <laughs> I'm going to delete that part out. Um, so as he's going, these kings would see his, and, and now she walks in. I love you. So as the kings uh, would see his wife and you know, go, wow, she's pretty. They would say, uh, who's, who's that? Who, who's she? And he, in his mind, would go, well, if I say that's my wife, they're going to kill me so that way they can be with my wife and take her from me. So I'm going to say that's my sister. Twice. And twice uh, when the kings were like, oh, she's your sister. Well, then, yeah, come here, baby. The land got cursed, and they would be like, what have you, what's going on? And they'd go back to him and go, what have you done? Have you lied to me? And they're like, yeah, that's actually my wife. Why would you do this? Now your God is angry. Twice he lied. You, th- you know, it's the whole once, shame on you, twice, shame on me, and yet twice. Sarah, his wife, she's in the Hall of Fame, except she's known uh, mostly for laughing at God. When God said, hey, you're nine years old, you're going to have a baby. And she went, ha! Which, by the way, happened twice. Abraham and Sarah had this whole two thing going on. To the point that God said, you know what? Uh, you're going to name him Isaac because that means he laughs. Now, for us, it's like, cool. Oh, Isaac, it's such a great name. But for them, it'd be, hey, he laughs. Come here. We're not saying Isaac. They'd be, he laughs. Every day they have to remember that they laughed in God's face. Especially, when he, can you imagine when he gets in trouble? He laughs! Stop that! No, this is a serious time right now. You know, just ironic. Then they have Isaac. Isaac's considering the whole name. We don't, he doesn't really go through a whole lot. So we're going to kind of just say, okay, he's okay, cool. We're going to go move on from him. Uh, Jacob, though, his brother is in the Hall of Fame, and he was an even bigger liar than granddad was, to the point that his name means he deceives. He wasn't even supposed to be really in this Hall of Fame of faith because he was a twin brother. He was the second one born. And so in their minds, it's all about the firstborn. So Jacob, here's this awesome guy, right? He's Hall of Fame of faith, and yet he is so much of a liar and a trickster then when his brother Esau comes back from hunting, which to me, this is one of the stories in the Bible that I'm just going to go, okay. I'm just going to be real. When I read the Bible, I don't always get it. What a great pastor am I. But I'm reading the story, and here's Esau coming back from hunting, and he's so hungry that he looks at, I, or Jacob and says, hey, um, I, I need 
I need to eat, and I see that you're cooking stew. Let me have some of that stew. And his brother's like, only if you give me your birthright. My brain's like, you came back from hunting. That means you're probably carrying some stuff. Esau apparently has got to be one of the biggest idiots in the Bible. Because he's like, fine, I'm so hungry, I'm going to die, just do it. And he's like, okay, birthright for stew. <laughs> not, not steak, not a buffet. Stew. And yet, who's more of the jerk? Him for taking the deal or the guy who's like, hey, this would be a great idea. Gets him. Well, then not only was that good enough, but then, you know, Isaac's about to go give out his blessing. He's dying. He can't see. He's blind. Now, yes, they're twins, but they weren't identical twins. One's hairy and, you know, all this manly, and then you have Jacob who's not. They said that he had, like, almost no hair whatsoever to the point that he's like, okay, I'm going to die. I'm going to give Esau my blessing I'm pretty much passing it on, and, and his, and I don't even know why, this is where, it, now it's all mom's fault, because Isaac's mom's like, hey, or Isaac's mom, Jacob's mom's like, hey, here's what we're going to do, you're going to kill a sheep, you're going to put it on your arms, so that way you can be as hairy as your brother, you're going to go in there, you're going to bring some of the food that your brother would cook, you're going to get the blessing from him. So that's what he does, and he's not only takes his brother's birthright, he takes his brother's blessing. What? <laughs> Liar. Then you have Moses. Moses is like MVP in the Bible. And he's also MVP on my loser list. Because now, yes, let my people go, and he takes them out of the promised land, all that other stuff. But then you have Moses, who is a, we start off his story with this great, oh, he was floating on the river and he was saved. Next, he murders somebody. I don't know about you, um, but if PJ, PJ uh, ever decided to murder someone, uh, I don't know how much longer he would be a pastor here. I'm just saying, you know, we don't not like quick to follow murderers. <laughs> it just gets weird. If he did murder someone, it would be for one of two reasons. One, someone talked mess about his wife. You know like that. Or some Texan fan finally got to him. That's all I'm saying. It'd be one of those two. Just be one. So not only does he murder somebody, he has a stuttering problem. He was a stutterer. Which that rude that name is just rude for anyone who's a stutterer. Stutterer. And he has anger issues. We know this because that's the whole reason why he doesn't get to go to the promised land. Pretty much imagine this. You do all the work for 40 plus years, and at the last minute, someone gets to finish. All because God said, talk to the rock. And he's like, but these people make me angry. And God says, talk to the rock, and water will come out. And he goes, but they're making me angry. Just talk to the rock. And what does he do? He takes his staff, and he hits the rock. 
God being faithful still lets water come out of the rock, but then says, Moses, okay, this anger. And this is not like the first time. Multiple times if you read through uh, the Exodus, you find out that Moses is just constantly angry. Yet he makes it to this hall of fame of faith. Then you have Joshua who takes over, the guy who finishes the job. He's good. We're going to move on. He did well. The next is uh, Rahab. Now, this is great. Once again, if we won't follow a murderer, imagine following a prostitute. She was a night walker. You know, like... <laughs> oh, no. We had a lady tell us, the, me and PJ the other day, she's like, yeah, this other church that we were at, they called me a night walker. And in my head, I'm going... People still say that? Like, that's a thing? Let's just be honest, okay? This is the exchange. She was a hooker. And yet, she makes it. All because she realized that God was with the people of Israel and even says, okay, listen, I'm going to hide you. I'll let you escape. And then if you really want to get into it, now let's get even more awkward. Not only is she in the Hall of Fame of Faith, She's like in Jesus' bloodline. She's like super great grandma. We have Gideon. God said, hey, we're going to go take out these people. And Gideon's like, um, I don't know about that. And he said, no, 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 you, you're going to do it. I'm with you. And twice he asks for a sign. Hey, if I lay this fleece down, I want it to be covered in dew, but nothing else will be covered in dew. And God's like, cool, I'll show you I'm God. And then the sees that it happened. That, to me, would be enough. Yet, for him, he's like, okay, now do it all in reverse. <laughs> Barak. Now, we don't know a whole lot about Barak. But what we do know, because he's not just a, like a famous character, and so I'll kind of just go with this story quickly. But with Barak, God used uh, this female prophetess named uh, Deborah to tell him to go into battle. And he says, I won't do it unless you go with me. Real manly thing to say to the woman. I'm not going to go to battle unless you go with me. And she says, fine, but because you asked for the woman to go, a woman will steal your victory. Yeah. So he goes in the battle, they win, but the king that they're facing escapes and goes to this tent of Jael, where she invites him in and says, don't worry, I got you. I'm going to take care of you. He's like, oh, thanks. And she's like, just hide here. And so he goes in the tent, and he falls asleep. And then she does like the most beast mode thing possible. She takes a, a tent stake and drives it through his temple. That is called walking dead type stuff. Takes his victory. Samson, womanizer. He had definitely had a woman problem. Pride issues, very prideful. Gets him in trouble. He thinks he's got this unsolvable riddle, and because of a woman, she figures it out. Tells guys he loses all this stuff. Can technically be a murderer because he killed a bunch of people just to pay back the bet that he said. And he's an idiot. Because of this whole, Samson, tell me the secret of your power. No. 
Tell me the secret. No. Tell me. Fine, it's this. And he makes up a story. She does it. At that point, we're done. Just saying. You just, you just try to kill me. But about five times, he gives her a story, and she does it. And then finally, she just nags him so much. This is the power of nagging. <laughs> and he finally tells her, secret of power is his hair. And so they cut his hair. What do you know, Samson? She did exactly what you said for the fifth, sixth time. Yet he makes it. Yeah, he served God, and yeah, he ended up killing all the, a bunch of people that were against Israel, but Jephthah asked God to go with him to battle. God says, yeah, I'm going to go with you, and he says, okay, if you go with me, I'll sacrifice the first thing that walks out of my house. That just sounds like a dumb statement. <laughs> just dumb. Now, granted... I looked up, I was like, okay, that, that's, just, just, that's just too stupid to say. There has to be a reason. And so in my research, I find out, well, that's because in, at that time, what a lot of people did is if they had uh, animals, they would have the stable would be the first floor. And then the second floor would be where the people are. And so they would come down from the stairs. So he's pretty much saying, hey, the first thing that comes out of the first floor thinking an animal is going to walk out, not knowing that his one and only child, his daughter, was in the stable and came out to greet him. Now, we also don't know this. It says that he followed through, but we don't know he could have sacrificed her, like, or he could have said, okay, I'm going to consecrate her, and so she's going to have to live the rest of her life a virgin because she's going to live for God and work in the temple and all this other stuff. But the problem is, since that was his only child, his bloodline stopped, which to them was like, just as bad. Once again, not the greatest statement to make ever to God. I'm going to sacrifice the first thing that walks out of my house. Hey, that's going to be alive. Don't, don't you? Okay. And then you have Samuel, and Samuel was a great prophet, so we really don't have a whole lot to say about him other than he had to deal with dumb people too because he had to deal with Saul. Now, Saul was supposed to be the next king, or the first king of Israel, and he was supposed to be great, and he served God at first, and then he just kind of went cuckoo for cocoa puffs. Because he just starts to lose his mind, and he's being tormented by demons. He's not listening to what God's saying. This dude has major jealousy issues later, because finally God says, okay, we're going to move on from Saul, and they Samuel anoints David, and David starts to come up, and David kills Goliath, and all these people are singing David's praises, and so Saul is a dude who has to deal with jealousy, and so this is what Samuel's having to deal with. Yes, he did good, but he had to deal with junk. Pride, to the point that one day Saul, David is calming him down because there was this thing that he would be tormented, and when David played the harp, it would calm Saul down. And yet in that moment, Saul grabs a spear and throws it at David, not once, but twice. I'm of the guys, uh, probably like most of us, that if a spear gets thrown at me and you miss, your spear's coming back with force. Just saying... 
He has to deal with jealousy. Kind of, I mean, very similar to stuff that I have to deal with here with uh, Pastor Cody. I mean, the time, yes, you did throw a spear at me when you dogged me in front of everyone while you preached, hence giving you the name of Salty, Mr. Salty. And then we got to go take it to kickball where, you know, yeah, red team won. And uh, blue team lost. I feel, I feel like it's great when I see the blue team shirts because all I want to go is with, hey, you're one of the bunch of losers. <laughs> I can see. Oh, yeah, Pastor Jay has that shirt currently. You're welcome. So, I mean, I've had to deal with that here at the church, yet I still think that he loves God. God can still use Pastor Cody, even though he's salty, and it's fine. This is, this is actually the point that we're about to get to. Man, okay, sorry. It's getting hot up here, so let me, uh, <laughs> so, what? Why y'all laughing? Oh, yeah. That is the greatest photo you could have ever chosen. I'm so, can I have a copy of he, he wants, you want a shirt with your own face on it? Yes, okay. Yes, I can. No, oh, my word. <laughs> Sorry. What's funny is like, when I preached last time, I knew what God was, was going with, you know, about victory and taking the next step and our machine was our printing machine was coming in, and so I was like, that'll be a great way to cap off that my machine came in, and then it came in a week after I preached. So I've been like, I want to do this, and I'm like, today's the day. Oh, sorry. As you can tell, I'm not fully serious at all times, but now we will get serious. So how do these people make it? How do these people make it? I feel like I've just completely lost. I feel like I need to put the jacket back on. <laughs> Cody's like, I can't. <laughs> Too busy staring at my own self. It <laughs> the beauty of him going, yes, and then his wife going, no. Awesome. So how do these people make it as I fight my shirt? How do they make it? How are these people in the Hall of Fame of Faith? Because obviously we look at the victories in their life, but here's these huge negatives as well, and yet we're just bypassing it. They're not known for that. They're known for the good things that they did. Okay, so that means for us, for us as the church to be to this level that God can do something through our lives, we have to do something crazy. See, we look at the big miracle and we go, that's what they did. No, 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 let me stop you. Let me stop you. They didn't do anything except be obedient to God. Moses did not cause the plagues to come to Egypt. He was just obedient in listening to God's voice. And God brought the plagues to Egypt. Rahab said, you are God's chosen people. And it was God who spoke to Joshua and said, spare her and her family. Gideon 
threw out fleeces, and yet it's still God who won the battle. Joshua, it was God who won the battle. It was God the whole time. Listen, if you're thinking to have faith, if you're thinking to be at that level, if you're thinking for God to be able to use you, means you have to do something incredible? No! It's so much simpler than that. But we see the big things and think that's what we've got to do. Listen, you don't have to part the water. Let me simplify everything that these guys did. They were just obedient to what God had to say. For these guys, it wasn't even their idea. Moses wasn't like, I'm going to let my people go. No, he was scared. He was in Egypt and said, I'm out. I killed somebody. Big mistake. Time to go. Rin, he was a fugitive. It's God who goes up to him in the burning bush and says, no, 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 go back. Abraham is just chilling at home with his family, and God says, nope, leave everything. All of these people, it was God who had the idea, God who gave them the ability, God who gave them the promise. What they had to do was listen. The difference between the everyday Christian who just believes and one that God does miraculous things through them are the ones who listen to his voice and does what he says. Period. They don't have any miraculous abilities. No incredible talents. Moses, like I said, who would be considered the MVP, had a stuttering problem, and God says, go tell Pharaoh, let my people go. And the time that God comes back mad at Moses is when Moses goes, I can't do that. I have a stuttering problem. He goes, listen, if, I, if you can drop this staff and it becomes a snake and I am the creator of the world, I created your mouth. Don't you think I'll fix that? And he's like, I can't. God's like, oh, fine, Aaron. It's not really like intimidating, by the way, if every time, if I'm trying to talk to PJ and ask him, hey, man, can we do this? And I have to go look at Cody and whisper in his ear like, hey, tell, tell Pastor Jared this. And then he's got to relay the message. And yet, because he did one thing, he listened and he obeyed. And what cost him from going in the promised land was the one time that he listened and didn't. In 1 Samuel, one of the guys I said was, he's a pretty good guy. He actually did this. In Samuel 15, verse 22, then Samuel said, does the Lord take pleasure in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? Look, to obey is better than sacrifice. To pay attention 
is better than the fat of rams. And I know that sounds crazy. God wants our obedience, and we as adults, we're like, Bleh. but let's, let's, let's flip it. Maybe because I'm a father, and so I, I look at it, I look at God a lot through the, you know, my world, my lens, okay? Let's just, and so I see me being a father in the way that I love my kids, and, and it's great. God's shown me so much, especially since with adopting our son, you know, we got to have a biological child and feel the love that we have towards her. But then at the same time, here's someone that was adopted, and yet we have this same love towards him. And so it's this great picture for us that we go, okay, well, here's God, and yes, we're his children, but it also talks about in the Bible that we're adopted in. And so I just, I just have this, this lens of it. And so, yes, we look at it and go, God, why? I mean, that's he just wants our obedience. That just sounds so ruling. But yet as a parent, don't we demand the same thing from our kids? Now, do we demand obedience because we are this, I am the king of this household. You shout obey, even though every guy wishes. But really, deep down inside, I don't tell my son, stop throwing blocks, not because he shouldn't throw blocks, but because I'm afraid of who you're going to hit. And his fastball is getting faster. I don't tell David, don't punch your sister because I don't believe you shouldn't punch. No, punch dad. It'll be fine. We'll fight. It'll be great. But you're not going to do sister. Would not surprise me at all if he did boxing or MMA. He kicked me the other day in the kidney. Oh, never saw it coming. I was just watching TV and just, bam! But we don't sit here and look at our kids and go, no, no, no. Everything that we ask of them is for their benefit. And yet we feel like when God says, do this, we go, oh, what? What? You want me to do what? You want me to... I have to live for you? Can I do a little bit by myself? My son says the same thing. David, wash your hands. We're about to have dinner. Why? <laughs> because I want you to live. I don't want you to get sick. Why? <sighs> David, sit down. Oh, fine. Why you do that? Yeah, we do that with God. God's like, hey, you should probably talk to me a little bit. And we go, oh, I just don't have time. Tell that to your kids. See how they come out. <laughs> God says, live a good life. Be good, be nice to people, love people. And we go, but them, not, not, what about them? No, I, they drive me nuts. Your children can drive us nuts. <laughs> I love amens in all the wrong places. <laughs> God says, give generously. And we go, oh, I'm sorry. I'm talking about giving. But we tell our kids to share. What's funny is all the same things that God asks from us, 
we ask of our own friends and family, kind of like this video that we saw earlier that God says, yes, you know, give everything. But this is also the one God who gives everything back. This is the one God who gave everything back first. This is the one God that's active in your life, not reactive. And yet, we can't listen. We hear Pastor Jared come up here almost every week and, and give the message that he's pouring his heart and life into. And, and we hear it and we go, that's good. That sounds like something we should do. And then we go right out through those doors. And he talks about give generously. And then we go to go eat. And then we barely tip. What? Given outside of the church? What? If we can have the band start to come back up. Romans 3, 23, verse 24 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and we are, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that comes by Christ Jesus. And the reason I read this verse is because as I say all these things, there's probably people going, well, no, 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 you see, look, listen, Pastor Reuben, uh, God can use you, uh, God can use Jay, God can use Pastor Jay, and, and all these other people. God, God could use Adriana. She, she helps out a lot at the church. Yeah, she, he can. But see, me, it's different. God can't. If God can use a murderer, liars, prostitutes, people who doubt, Thieves. And he can use anybody. If you want to really want to get into it, there, there's a story in the Bible, one of my favorites, where God uses a donkey and speaks through a donkey. Why can't God do something in our lives? See, I read this verse because it says all of us have fallen short. But if we can, if, if Brian, if you can put that verse back up for me. But in verse 24, it says, for, I mean, verse, starting in verse 23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Verse 24, and all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. You know, we just talked about how God gave first. This is why God can do something with us because he already did the first part and redeemed every single one of us freely, all. There's not one person that God was like, oh, the cross, oh no, it wasn't good enough. It was, sorry, it wasn't good enough for you. You did way too much. all and listen it's not it's not always easy to follow God's voice first we have to even recognize it 
That's only going to be spent through spending time with him. But I remember one time, well, you know, I was a youth pastor before this, and, and we were at youth camp, and I'm just praying for students, and God's moving, and students' lives are being changed, and there was this one girl all week was just, she was a great girl. She looked like she had it all figured out. Everything was good in her life. I mean, she just, she portrayed this image of everything was fine, and we're in the altar, and God says, Ruben, I want you to go speak to her and I go okay I'm just going to be obedient and I said God what do you want me to say (laughs) now will God do this with you no because for me I've developed this okay let me throw that out there I have done this enough my faith has grown enough in this area that I'm at this point with God okay he's not going to start off if you've never heard God's voice and done it he's not going to start off like this so let me just put some peace in some of your hearts but for me, I walk up and, and God says, talk to her. And I say, what? What do I say? And he said, just, just talk to her. I'll bring the words. So I go up to her and I say, God just wants me to pray with you. And I really don't know fully what about. I try to take the safe way. And she's like, oh, life's good, man. And I was like, okay. I said, well, let's just pray and, and just see what God starts to do. She's like, okay, cool. It'll be fine. So we start to pray, and God says, Reuben, tell her, if her dad won't be a dad to her, then you will. Now, that's a big statement. And if you miss, you miss. But I look at her, and I say, okay. Sweetie, God just wants me to tell you if if your dad won't be a dad to you, then I will. Leap of faith. And the moment I say that, she breaks down bawling. She is just weeping. long story short she tells me at the end of camp she said you have no idea I came to camp because this girl asked me to go her mom was willing to pay the way I just didn't want to be home for a week but I didn't want anyone to know that but I really didn't think God was real until you said that this girl had gone through all of camp and watched all these people just their lives changed but it took a moment of obedience from me for her God is real. And I say that for this because I feel like for some of you, as Christmas is coming up, let's one, remember the reason for the season. And yes, it's a requirement for me to say. But I say all that because I feel like in this next coming month, and especially with these cards that we gave out on the reverse offering that we did, that God's going to start saying, no, 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 give it to them. And you're going to go, whoa, 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 why them? They're, They're totally good. They're loaded. Why do they need that? But you have no idea the battle they're going through. Don't look at what you see. That's what Moses did. Look at what you hear. Because the God of the whole universe sees beyond. And for some of us, you're going to start going to your works. And God's going to say, no, no, no. Just just tell them that you're praying for them. 
don't feel like it'll be huge. I feel like God's going to say something very, that would be considered small to the point that you go, why, why would God tell me that? It's so insignificant. Specifically, I feel that with you. I don't know why. I'm sorry I'm doing this right now for, for all these people. But I feel like in this week, God's going to speak to you. And for that few seconds, you're going to struggle with it. Welcome to humanity. We all will. Trust that he's speaking to you. It's not going to make sense. We want it to all be in a nice, perfect line, right? But my drive to Wichita Falls to go see my family is not a straight line. I have to go 45, and then I have to turn in Dallas. And once you get to Dallas, that's just a mess. feel like it's going to be huge. I don't feel like he's going to be like, hey, give them a million dollars. I'm not saying that. But you're going to feel like it's too small. It's going to change somebody's life. And I say all that because I feel like you're the type of person that would love the last part, loving changing lives. But it's that leap. And you're going to feel like that doesn't make sense trust. Be obedient to his voice. And I'm even going to say as far as this, when you first do it, you're going to feel like, nope, nope, I did bad. I didn't do it right. But you're going to see it come back. Just like a seed that's sown. It doesn't, you don't put it in the ground, water it. If that was the case, we'd all be gardeners. But you'll see it come back pretty quick just not in the exact moment. I feel like, for example, if it happened Monday, it'll be like Wednesday, Thursday. Not that I'm nailing dates, but I'm just trying to give like the quick turnaround. But I really feel like that's about to happen. I feel like it's at work. Oh, there it is. God already told you, didn't he? You been fighting it? message I started off with life sucks that's awesome and right there God speaks hey listen God has spoken and now she's about to listen here comes the ripple effect of listening to God so here's what I want us to do if we can stand all across this place and what I want us to do for the next few minutes is maybe God's already spoken to you but it's that trying to make that leap that jump God can use a bunch of losers. If God can use this guy, this nerd, who just can't seem to stay serious more than 10 minutes, then 
and God can change lives through you. So what I want everyone to do is either pray for what God's already shown you or for God to show you and to listen to his voice. And the band's going to come back and we're going to close out service. I just want to spend the next few minutes like that. And so, if Pastor Eddie, if y'all can play a song for us, let's just pray. God, I just just speak right now over this group. I know you're about to speak to a lot of souls right here. And it's going to be about helping people. It's going to be about encouraging people. It's going to be about loving people. And so I just pray right now that your voice would be the clearest that they've ever heard. Clearest that I've ever heard. lives change because we're going to take the church outside of the walls. We're just going to show people you. Give us the faith, the courage to step forward, Lord. Let me give it to you in Jesus' name. You guys continue to pray as the band leads us in worship. I sing praises to your name. Thank you for listening to the Exchange Church Podcast. Follow us on our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search for the Exchange Church Houston. If you would like to give to the Exchange Church, you can go to our website at IamTheExchange.com and look for the red button in the top right corner labeled Give Online.